Good morning. Grab some refreshments and come join us. Welcome to Memorial. We're glad to see everybody here this morning. I'm stalling for a second until we get the computer ready. So stand up and let's talk for a sec. Everybody stand up. Stand up, stand up. All right, this is our contemporary service. We're very glad to see you here. We, know, we have all our words on the screen. If ever you hear anyone singing like a solo or anything, just jump right in there with them. Anytime there's words on the screen, just sing along. We want you to sing as much as you want to here. We want you to feel comfortable in the service. We have this service, and then we have Sunday school afterwards. If you need to know which way to go to Sunday school, just grab somebody and ask them. We can send you to a right place. We have a bunch of children's classes and adult classes for adults. Um, after the Sunday school hour, then we have a traditional service, and we would love for you to stay and just continue your worship, uh, your worship this morning in our traditional service over in the sanctuary. So thanks for coming, and let's sing our first song. everybody here this morning. One thing I forgot to mention is that um, we've started doing a children's sermon right after our first opening songs. Um, we'll join on the carpet and we'll have a little children's sermon. We also have a nursery provided for children. We have a ton of kids at this service and it's such a blessing to see so many children worshiping here and with us at Memorial in the mornings. Let's sing Here I Am to Worship.
song a couple of years ago and um, we pulled it back out of our file and we want to try this song out on you again it's got a great message well I will walk by faith even when I can't see let's sing this together
chairs we got some more and glad to see you here turn uh, to someone near you and greet them and uh, see who that is and children come on forward and get settled for the children's time Good morning. Um, this morning I have a piece of paper here, and I'm going to tell you about some things while I fold it, okay? And then it's going to turn into something really cool. Okay, when you come to church, it doesn't matter what you wear. It doesn't matter, you know, in life how much money you have or what kind of car you drive. It doesn't matter where you work. But what matters is that you rely on God and you cut the sin out of your life. And if you are doing that, then you will have Jesus in your heart. 
it made a cross. So y'all remember this week to keep Jesus in your heart and in your life. Okay, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together and for these children. And please help us all to remember to keep you first. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, you can go back and have a seat with your folks. We do have a nursery for children four and younger. We don't have the manpower to, to have any older children than that, but if you are, have an older than four-year-old that needs to go back, we invite you to stay with them and uh, help take care of them because we just don't have the manpower to keep up anything but babies back there. But uh, anyway, it's good to see everyone. And I'm back on live mic, I mean, other mic. Um, we have a rose up here. This rose is in honor of Ryan Thomas Foster, our foster child, who was uh, born last week, about a week old yesterday. Greg and Rochelle are the proud parents. Greg is here on the soundboard. I don't know what Rochelle's excuse for not being here is. Like, you know, she just had a baby or something. I don't know. But anyway, uh, we celebrate with them. What is it? Oh, is it the skating rink? Oh, okay. Preacher on rolling skates. Okay. They do that to show you that there's a crazy person for the preacher here. We have um, a need still for... Sunday school teachers during the 10 o'clock hour for children. This is for two-year-olds, three-year-olds, and four-year-olds. Uh, if you would see uh, Michelle Driscoll, if you can help with a period of time for that. We sort of take turns with these. Um, and um, so help us out with that. I want to give you an opportunity to share um, prayer requests. If you have any this morning, any concerns that you might have, our ushers have um, index cards which they will share with you if you raise your hand so that we can hand those to you. I invite you to write something down that you don't mind me saying out loud um, and I will share your concern. Um, the Lord will also hear our unspoken request, I assure you, but if you'd like us to do that, we will read out loud what you put there. Easter lilies. Easter lilies will be placed for both contemporary and traditional worship services on Easter Sunday, March the 23rd. If you wish to purchase an Easter lily, please fill out this form and place it in the offering plate along with a check for $8 each or bring it to the church office no later than February 25. Um, these forms are scattered about on seats and maybe also available back there at the table. Um, but we invite you to share in beautifying the uh, worship area with Easter lilies if you so desire. We had, and we are, I see, passing around the attendance registration. That's great. We had a wonderful time last Sunday night, courtesy of the cross-training Sunday school class uh, who catered a meal for 160 of us who were gathered here. Uh, that crowd was very entertaining. I had no idea that we had Jay Leno's replacements there in that group. Um, but they also had a very wonderful auction, raised bukus of money 
uh, for the ministry of the church, the mission of the church, uh, through that auction, silent and, and uh, uh, the um, audible one. Uh, wonderful evening. I think everybody just had a great time. And I don't know about you slightly older church members, but I was just thrilled to pieces to see some recent college graduates stepping up to the plate like they did and lead us as they did. Uh, makes you feel just great about the future of this church when we've got some fine young adults. And of course, that's just one of two young adult Sunday school classes that we got popping right now. Um, what other ones was Partners in Faith, right? That's what the other one's called? Um, and y'all are about to explode, bust out of your classroom because you're all putting on weight in middle age. No, you uh, are all getting uh, uh, so many people in there. So that's exciting. That is truly, truly exciting. Are there other announcements we need to share this morning? Leanne, you got your Bible study for children tonight at, at 6.30, children's Bible study, 6.30 to 7.30. Confirmation class for our um, teenagers, uh, or about to be teenagers, is at 4.30 this afternoon, again upstairs, and that will be fun also for me. <laughs> if we are ready, I'll ask the ushers to help now with the collection of the, uh, of the prayer cards. And we thank you for sharing your concerns with us today. Let us pray together. We thank you for this good news that we're a part of, Lord. Especially that good news of sharing the wonderful story of how you go about putting people right with yourself. How wonderful it is to be a part of telling that story through faith, through song, through word, through gathering together. We are your people who come acknowledging our need for someone to put us right. We are people who need a savior. And we're grateful that you have supplied that one for us in Christ Jesus who taught us how to live showed us what your heart was all about, your heart of love and grace, and what a big heart of love it is, and for the work that he did for restoring that relationship which was broken between us and you and between each of us individually with each other. And thank you for being at work constantly on those things. We pray for these special prayer needs this day we pray in concern for the South Carolina law being de debated about uh, poker being played in church we pray with concern about the sanctity of your church to be involved in doing what we ought to be doing we pray for Jennifer Mitchell and for James Mitchell. We pray for healing for Carl Reinick and for Mike Berg. We pray for troops in harm's way, their families and loved ones. We give you thanks for Mark Johnson's continued improvement from kidney disease. We also pray for those who have recently lost loved ones that they might find in us this morning 
your instruments of healing and love and grace. We celebrate, O oh God, your good plan for us, that when life here on earth for us is over, life is not over, but we are present from then on in your, in your house, in your company, and in your eternal home forever. Hard for us to imagine that, Lord. We take it as a statement of faith because we know Jesus and we know Jesus knows what he's talking about. We pray these things in his name as he taught us saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Do we have a clicker? Okay, okay. Huh? She'll follow me, okay. I want to give you a report on uh, last week's foot washing. As far as we know, the uh, athlete's foot didn't spread too far. Just kidding. It was a beautiful service. It was a beautiful service. And I appreciate uh, Andy taking us where I was a little shy about going myself. But it was uh, certainly a beautiful time, beautiful service. Here's our scripture lesson. Oh, I wonder where my scripture reading is. I'll read it with you. <clears throat> What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, discovered in this matter? If, in fact, Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, when a man works, his wages are not credited to him as a gift, but as an obligation. However... To the man who does not work, but trust God who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited as righteousness. It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that they would be an heir of the world, but through the righteousness it comes by faith. For if those who live by laws are heirs, faith has no value, and the promise is worthless because law brings wrath and where there is no law there is no transgression therefore the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all of Abraham's offspring not only to those who are of the law but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham he's the father of us all as it is written I have made you father of many nations he is our Father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Here ends the lesson. Checking our credit reports. Seems to happen all the time. <clears throat> Just when we've sat down for a pleasant supper with our family, click, the phone rings. 
If it's not a telephone company wanting us to switch to Charter or to AT&T, then it's a credit card company with yet another offer of a credit card. And it doesn't matter if you've opted out. If you have any other credit card, that company can at least call you. Or else we go eagerly to our mailboxes in hope of receiving a letter from an old pal, and there it is, our weekly offer of yet another Visa card. If you're like me, you already have more credit than you will ever need. And you probably have the ability to get your hands on about $20,000 without any questions being asked. It's very scary in some ways. By the way, why do they call them credit cards? They ought to be called, this will get you in over your head in debt cards. Um, see there, there's the load on the back there. In case you can't tell, I'm not a big fan of credit cards but they are almost indispensable in today's world. You can't use personal checks anymore unless you're able to give your whole life story to a merchant. So every month I get these statements showing the debts that I've incurred and the payments that I have uh, sent to the company. And why does it always seem that my debts uh, outstrip my credits? I always stay behind. And now those insurance companies have gone and added insult to injury because they asked me to buy life insurance to protect them in case I die, my credit card will be, you know, paid off. I guess that means they want to make sure that they get theirs when I get mine. <clears throat> but someone has said that deficit spending was not created in Washington. It's the way we all operate our homes nowadays. As long as there has been commerce and trade, there has been the concept of debts and credits. Even in the Old Testament times, people went into debt during some hard times, just as, just as we do today. Back then, even children could be used for collateral, some of them being sold into slavery to repay the debt. By the way, my son is for sale on eBay. But in the, um, in the Roman world, debtors could be put in prison or in chains and forced to work for a creditor until the debt was paid. The concepts of debits and credits were so much a part of their daily lives as it is ours that they be those became useful categories for religious people to begin to understand and explain what was going on in their lives and their relationship with God. Even Jesus taught us that our sins were debts that we owe to God. In the Lord's Prayer in the Methodist Church, we say, forgive us our trespasses. Now, that sounds so nice and dainty. We, we, we just trespass against each other. But in the Presbyterian Church, they, they tell it like it is. That's a debt. Forgive us our debts. We we go in debt to each other by what we do to each other. We, we owe people for our misconduct to them. Uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. David feared that he might, that God might keep a spreadsheet, a ledger of credits and debts. He prayed, Lord, if you keep a record of our sins, who will ever be able to stand up before you? 
our Hebrew ancestors devised a system of credit for their spiritual accounts, which was, in their mind, uh, just loaded down with debts. By sacrifices and other works of the law, payment started being made to their spiritual accounts, which were in arrears. But like my credit cards, their debts always outweighed their credits. And so they had a constant, daily, ongoing process of sacrifice and works which were required to balance their spreadsheet for the debts that they had incurred. How was one assured of being in right standing with God? Through balancing your books, of course, by applying credits to the spiritual debts that you had run up. Now this understanding of the way things work wasn't limited to ancient days either. Just a few hundred years ago, there was a man named John Tetzel who financed the church at work of his day uh, by making people feel guilty and then accepting financial payment to balance their accounts. You could pay this preacher, he said, and that would assure you of the extra credits uh, of deceased saintly people to balance your account. My check doesn't, if my checkbook doesn't get balanced soon, we may revive that practice. But uh, no, um, but while we in our day do not practice either sacrifices or call upon the saints for their merits, most of us today can identify with the idea, idea that it, when it comes to balancing our, check, our, our sin, our, our lives, our debts make us go into the red. We're all in the red. We're all in debt far beyond our credit limit. In fact, the scriptures tell us that good deeds are not ever enough to balance our accounts. Isaiah 64 says, All of us have become like one who is unclean, and our righteousness is like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and, the, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. Several things let us know that we're aware of the shortfall in our lives. Some people feel like there's no way that God could love them. They're unacceptable. Others have a fear of what will happen to them after death at the judgment. If you have ever come close to death or thought that you were about to die, as I have on three different occasions in my life, you may feel a sudden panic of fear as you wonder how your life will be judged in God's eyes. When I was going underwater for the third time, I saw the headline in the local paper. I have been there. You see, deep down, we know that we are in debt and that our spiritual accounts are in the red. We may derive a bit of hope, even pleasure, at the fact that we're not as in, in as much debt as someone else we know who really racked up a spiritual debt, but it doesn't really make us feel a whole lot better when we know that we'll have to stand before God who expected us to be holy as he is holy. And even if I feel that I've done less harm than someone else, I've also done a lot less good than someone else. And I'm reminded that 
my sins also include good deeds that I should have done, but I didn't get around to doing. And what about my thoughts? As a man thinketh in his heart, in his heart so is he. Sins can be in our thoughts as well as in our actions. Recently, I dreamed that I died and went to heaven. And I was directed to a gigantic stairway that stretched up into the clouds, completely out of sight. St. Peter said, you've got to write down every sin you ever committed, writing a sin, only one sin on every step. And he handed me this big piece of chalk and said, get to writing. I began writing and writing and writing. I'd climbed up several hundred steps when I noticed way up in the clouds somebody coming back down. And after about 10 or 15 minutes, that person got closer and closer, and I could see that it was Andy coming back down the steps. And I said, Andy, where are you going? He said, well, I got to go back down and get more chalk. <laughs> each of us, each of us could write all day, and we would run out of chalk before we ran out of steps. And someone has said, if you've got a clear conscience, it means that you've got a poor memory. If you, like me, are aware of the fact that your spiritual credit card is in rather bad shape, then the gospel certainly is good news to you. For it is the story of how God balanced our books and got us out of the red into the black. Look at Paul's words to the Romans again with a little paraphrasing from me this time. Let's go. Yeah. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. The person who does not do the works of the law but trusts in God who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited as righteousness. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. It is not through works of the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that they would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes, that is given by faith. Therefore, the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all of Abraham's offspring. Abraham did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. That is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words, it was credited to him, were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe in him who raised Jesus the Lord from the dead, he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. This means that although the spiritual accounts that we have were in bad shape, and whereas no amount of our own good works could put our accounts in order, and whereas no one could buy any extra credits for us, no priest or saint, God, the, the one who oversees all accounts, could find a way to offset our negative balances and he could balance our accounts. 
He did this through Christ, who on the cross made the worst deal, the worst trade in the history of the world. He traded his goodness and right standing with God for our sinfulness, our debts, and our unrighteousness. He took my debts and gave me his credits. In some ways, it might be said that Jesus co-signed our note for us. And we know what that means. He guaranteed he would cover the debts. Some years ago when I was doing youth work, back when I was still young, young enough to play football and not get hurt, like I did two weeks ago and got hurt, we used to sing a little song with the youth that said a great deal. The words went like this. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace. Christ Jesus paid the debt that I could never pay. Glory to God who balanced our account, which was overdrawn, by having Jesus co-sign the note and guarantee us God's forgiveness. Amen. I skipped a little bit. Go right ahead. Thank you. <laughs> we invite you now to worship God as, as we uh, receive our morning offering.
I invite you to stand as we affirm our faith in God together using the words of the Apostles' Creed. Is it? It's not there, okay. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the forgiveness of sin, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Oh 
things I cut out of that lengthy sermon was a word of Jesus on the cross. He said, it is finished. Greek word for that is paid in full to tell us die. Go in peace knowing that your debt has been paid in full. Amen.